0: You're clean, aren't you? Except for your tower. You're a tower junkie, Roland.
1: Hello and welcome to Tower Junkies, presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. If this is your first time listening, Tower Junkies is a podcast devoted to Stephen King and his magnum opus, The Dark Tower series. We discuss the themes, characters, and mythology of the series in Palaver episodes, and review the books and comic series in Kef episodes. We also discuss King novels related to The Dark Tower, non-Tower King novels, TV and film adaptations of King's work, and the latest news about potential Dark Tower-related adaptations. You can find more of our work at TowerJunkiesPod.com and follow us on Every level of social media at Tower Junkies Pod. I am your host, Matt Hurt, uh, at Obsessive Viewer on Twitter. And with me today is Tiny at Obsessive
0: Tiny on Twitter. Hello, folks.
1: Hi, Tiny. How's it going? Wonderful. Great. Um, it's almost like we didn't just have a conversation like that. Right. <laughs> yeah. We record an episode of Obsessive Viewer, guys. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah. So this episode is a special, um, Doorway Cave episode. No, wait, this is Toadash. Jesus Christ. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Can't even keep the category straight. This is a ToeDash episode. Um, those are standalone review episodes covering movies and TV shows adapted from Stephen King's work um, that aren't Dark Tower-related adaptations. Um so this week we are going to be reviewing Gerald's game from Mike Flanagan, the Netflix original movie that premiered on Friday. Uh, September 29th. Um, so tiny, I re I reviewed the book in a, was it Merlin's grapefruit? I don't know what the things are Jeez. <laughs> in a category of the podcast. Yeah. Yes. It was Merlin's grapefruit last week. Uh, I reviewed the book. You haven't listened to that podcast yet. Um, yeah. So actually, actually before all that, let's do a check-in. Yes. What, is new with you in the world of king
0: i have two check-ins nice first one i've got 100 pages left of the dead zone nice which i have read before but i'm really glad i reread it because i just forgotten so much of it Mm -hmm. so i read it back in like high school yeah so it's been a while um it's going great i i I completely remember why it was my favorite stephen king book for a while yeah it's it's going great i love it it's it's really fun
1: i'm really looking forward to talking to you about that especially with the world. Yes. It's um, very poignant. Yes. Yeah. It is. It's, yeah, I'm really looking forward to talking to you about mm-hmm.
0: that. Um, second check-in, in a mm-hmm. fit of nostalgia and convenience, mm-hmm. I got a library card at the Speedway Library. Oh, wow. Yeah, which I I had one from, like, decades ago mm-hmm. uh, that it was no longer valid. Like, I genuinely... I still had it. And, like, I took it in there. I was oh. like, can I still use this? And she was like, no, this is, like, so old. <laughs> um, so I got a new library card since I'm a resident now. It was free and everything. Nice. And, mm-hmm. um, and so I'm thinking I'm going to, you know, again, for nostalgic reasons and for convenience reasons, mm-hmm. um, hit their Stephen King section and nice. read some of the books I want to read and need to read instead of just purchasing them. Mm-hmm. Um, that's re- can That's really...
1: That's really fascinating because I wonder how many... How many copies of, of Stephen King books you're going to be reading that you're reading the exact same copies you read when you were in high school?
0: Oh, gosh, that'd be crazy. Yeah. That'd be nuts. Um, I didn't, oh. I didn't, ha- ironically, I was there for work. Um, oh, really? We just, cause like sometimes we have to do paperwork for my job. Oh, okay. And so we don't oh, want to just sit in our cars. So we'll just find a, li- a library somewhere nearby mm-hmm. and we happen to be on the west side. So I was like, hey, let's go to the library. Oh, nice. And so we were there just working on paperwork. Um, nice. And so I didn't have time to go actually look at the Stephen King section and mm-hmm. see what they have. Um, but hopefully next time we record, I can report back and see if there's Very nice. some stuff that I'm going to put on the docket, if you will. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> Plus you can, I mean, you can rent DVDs. And, right. I mean, there's just all this. I think if you have, there's certain apps and stuff like e-reader yeah. apps that you can get discounts on.
1: I think, and then they also have a, an au- audiobook app called Overdrive that okay. I think I don't know if Speedway will is included in that, but I know Tony Troxel um, from the Indiana Geeking podcast. He uh, he uses that. Um, Mm -hmm. It's interesting because the actual he he said at one point that the wait list for the drawing of the three was like he's fifteenth in line for it. Oh my gosh! So
0: that's 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 good. Crazy. Um, So yeah, I know they have an app that they're associated with. Nice. I got some literature on it. They have like pamphlets and stuff. I was like, this is cool. That's awesome. Um, So I'm gonna. I haven't delved into that yet you know mm-hmm. busy all sure. crap going on so but I'm, I'm again hopefully I can report back in a few weeks or next time we record and let everybody know what mm-hmm. what kind of stuff I can what kind of benefits that has so nice I'm and excited. it's
1: it's funny because I used to spend a lot of time just browsing the Stephen King section of the library mm-hmm. Um, like when I was a kid I don't even know if I'd read any I think this is after I read The Shining and then eventually I just kind of fell off but like I like I vividly remember like the exact section of the library where Stephen King books were. Me too. And like I remember like the different covers I saw, and it's just kind of screaming back to me. Yeah.
0: Um. And also just a credit to the Speedway library, it's it's a cool little library. Mm-hmm. Um. And like while while I was there, they had like like if you want to use the computer mm-hmm. and like use the internet, it's like you have to pay for it. But it's like a dollar for an hour. Oh yeah. But there were people coming in, and like if you're if you're applying for a job, you get to mm-hmm. use it for free.
1: Oh, that's really cool. I was like,
0: that's awesome. Yeah, so there were nice. like three people there applying for jobs. That, like, Wow. I mean, if you're a resident, you get to use it for free automatically, right? and you have a library card and stuff, mm-hmm. um, but people who weren't residents and didn't have library cards, they could still use it for free if they are nice. applying for jobs. I was like, that's, that's kind of nice.
1: That's really cool. And yeah. man, since I'm technically not a Speedway resident, right. I can't, I'm shunned. It's a bummer. Yeah. What's the nearest library to here?
0: You'd probably have to use the city library, which is down just north of downtown. Oh. I'll I've just, heard it's really I never actually been in there. They remodeled it a few years ago.
1: Okay, but I mean that's a drive. It
0: is, it's not yeah. close. Yeah. Huh.
1: Anyway, um I hope you're enjoying this uh this geography yeah. lesson of Indianapolis. But <laughs> that's really interesting. Discussion. Right. <laughs> but that's really interesting, Tiny, and I'm yeah. I'm looking forward to uh to hearing back about that. Totes. Um those are your only two check ins? Yes. Okay, sweet. So for me, I have about uh like tiny. I have a hundred pages left. Um in Christine. Mm-hmm. And I kind of I kind of stopped reading it for a little bit because I, other stuff came coming up. Like I, I had to deal with preparations for our Shocktober in Irvington event and a bunch of other stuff. Um so I read about probably thirty pages last night and got to the last last hundred pages. So I should be finishing that up soon. We'll have an episode. I think I'm gonna be soloing it um, a review of the book. And then I think we're going to, we're going to come together and do a review of the movie as well. Yeah. And then, uh, and we're also, we're also going to do reviews of the dead zone book and the dead zone movie. Mm -hmm. But I also bought, um, paperbacks of several of uh, several of Kings, um, short story collections. So I bought, uh, basically I kind of went in order. I bought, um, night shift, uh, I have them on, like, I can see them on my bookshelf. Skeleton Crew? Um, yeah, yes, Skeleton Crew. I have a picture that I posted on Instagram, but I had bought, okay, I bought, um, Night Shift, Skeleton Crew, uh, different seasons, four past midnight. Um, all in paperback, and I am super excited about those. Sweet, yeah. And uh, you mentioned that you bought different seasons, right?
0: I have. Yes, okay. I've bought Different seasons. It's
1: interesting because you don't know anything about it. Nothing. Interesting.
0: I'm I'm trying to read up on Castle Rock stuff because mm-hmm. the series is coming out. Who the hell knows when? I think the
1: show is going to come out early next year. Early next year. Yeah. Okay, Which, so yeah. by the way. And we talked about them last week or last time, but man, the Castle Rock TV podcast. Yeah. They're awesome. Did you listen to it?
0: I did listen to it. They gave us a shout out.
1: They gave us such a nice shout out. Very nice of them. Yeah. So awesome. Yeah. And, uh, despite, despite, uh, their warnings, I think we're going to press on and talk about the dark tower for the rest of our lives. <laughs> yes, we are. Um, but yeah, very nice. I, I love that show. Yeah. Uh, Castle Rock TV podcast. There's your shout out this week. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, so yeah, uh, thank you again, guys, for, for giving us the shout out and, uh, pushing some of your fans onto us. We really hope we don't disappoint them. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, because, uh, Chris and, 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 Skip, they, they have such a great dynamic.
0: They really do. Um, and me a little gels.
1: A little bit, yeah. yeah. Um, not that, you know, we, I, it's it's yeah. It's, I kind of made it sound like we have a shitty dynamic. I know. I didn't mean it that way. It's not. It's not me, Tiny. It's you. <laughs> it is me. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway, uh, so anyway, so I'm I'm kind of getting back into the whole buying paperbacks of Stephen King and collecting a physical collection, which is terrible for my wallet and for my small ass apartment. Yes. Uh. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. I started reading Night Shift. Um. And I'm I need to I need to restart Jerusalem's Lot, the first short story in that. But I'm looking forward to just going through and, and reading uh, the short story collections because I just I I really I, it's funny because I've never read one of his short story collections. Oh, okay, yeah. So I've I'm just really excited to dive into his his short stories. Nice. Um, and then my final check in for this week is that I. Um, when was that? This was a couple weeks ago, or a week or so ago. I made the um hasty decision to start listening to eleven twenty two sixty three. Nice. Um, yep. Yeah. And this this was just purely for fun for me. I had finished up uh, listening to a Game of Thrones, so I just threw on eleven twenty two sixty three because it's familiar, and I kind of wanted something to kind of listen to in the background and and something that wasn't something that wasn't uh for the podcast or anything because we'll eventually do eleven twenty two sixty three at some point but not anytime soon but i uh i, I kind of want to do it before the castle rock show since it's a hulu adaptation but anyway mm-hmm. um yeah and i'm just i'm just really loving it again like this is one of my favorite king books and i just i love the way that he tells the story yeah um and the audiobook is really good, but I'm about I'm a little bit over halfway through at this point. I'm trying to push through it so that I can when I finish up I I can get to reading uh, Sleeping Beauties, the new one from Stephen and Owen King. Nice. Um which are you aware of the premise for that? Not at all. Okay, do you want me to spoil it or anything? Sure. Or not spoil it but tell you the premise? Yeah, sure. Um basically the idea is I guess Owen King uh like like he like they were having, you know, dinner or something together and then Owen is just like uh what about a story where every woman on the planet uh goes to sleep and doesn't wake up oh my gosh yeah and i'm just like that sounds kind of amazing (laughs) like i don't know it just sounds it sounds really interesting so i'm very curious how the how the story's gonna how's the story's gonna
0: go yeah yeah so i'm excited to that's a bold premise i mean yeah Oh yeah, I could see that really not working, right? <laughs> <laughs> but we'll see. I mean, we'll, we'll see.
1: Kind of similar to what would happen if a if a invisible dome just closed off an entire That's city. True, yeah, yeah.
0: Or what happened if your cell phone turned you into a zombie? <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: Which still that cell does still have the uh, the notoriety of being my least favorite Stephen King book ever. Oh, really? Okay. Yep. Yep. I, I'll reread it at some point, but I just was not a fan of it. Yeah, I just thought it um, was okay. Yeah. yeah. Sure okay uh before we get to our actual review the um plot description courtesy of imdb for gerald's game is while trying to spice up their marriage in their remote lake house jesse must fight to survive when her husband dies unexpectedly leaving her handcuffed to their bed frame um and you can hear my thoughts on the book in the last episode of the podcast tiny you have since read the book Mm -hmm. what did you think of the book gerald's game and then we can go into our review of the movie
0: um, I liked it. It has a very um, – it's, it's a very meandering story, um, mm-hmm. I, and, I, and I appreciated that. Um, it reminded me a little bit of Duma Key because uh, yeah. it's it's a very internal struggle, um, mm-hmm. and so it kind of reminded me of that. Uh, and I, I liked most of Duma Key. The ending just got way too weird and sucked. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I, 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 enjoy, I ended up enjoying the book a lot. I, th- I thought it was actually a really ground- grounded story. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be this super existential internal monologue style book, and it ended up going diff- a different, or not going necessarily a different route, but it was deeper than that, mm-hmm. and it, it had, a, it was a more extensive story than just that, and so as I was reading it, I was like, how are they going to make this a movie? It's <laughs> it's a chick on a bed. Like, yeah. how, well, how's this going to happen, you know? <laughs> um, but the... obviously by the time i finished reading the book i was like okay Mm -hmm. you you can do this so i I ended up enjoying the book a lot Um, nice it's not it's not going to be it doesn't currently hold like a top 10 stephen king story thing for me but the great thing about stephen king is it can be top 100 and it's going to be pretty damn good right um yeah i enjoyed it thoroughly I, i thought it was a good book
1: very nice. Um, yeah, if, for those who didn't listen to the review of it that I did, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I thought that it had some interesting things to say, and the places that it went were pretty surprising and uh, interesting. You can listen to my full review of it on the most recent episode of the podcast before this one. Um, so going into the movie, you said that you weren't sure how they were going to adapt it, and then by the end, you were like, "Yeah, they're that, that they're, they can adapt it." Mm-hmm. Um, how did you feel about? The adaptation as an adaptation of the
0: source material. I thought it was really true to the book, and I think the the differences that they had, um, you know, in the book she's she's kind of going through this these internal uh, uh, mental debates that kind of uh, kind of display themselves as characters or people from uh, her other walks of life. Um, so, like a friend from her past and. And, like, you know, this uh, persona she's kind of invented for herself, the good wife, um, in the book. And I was just like, man, how, you know, she's sitting there having a conversation inside her head. How's this going to work in the movie? And the way that they represented that in the movie, I think, was a very good choice. It's different from the book, but it has the same sentiments and the same ideologies that are, you know, it's, it's the same dynamic. Mm -hmm. It's just with, with a different character. Yeah. If you will. And it, it manifests itself in a very visually satisfying way. I think they pulled that off really well. I was I was worried about it. I thought it was just gonna be goofy. Um, but they totally pulled it off and, and I think I think that's the biggest difference between the book and the movie. Um, and I was I was totally happy and, and happy with that decision and I think they, they took it in took it in the, the right direction.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The right from the outset, the first 20 minutes I was uh, the first 20 or 30 minutes when the um, when the changes from the when the deviations from the book came, I I was like, I am so on board with these yes. with these changes. Yeah. It is such a unique way to or it's such a kind of simple way to take the source material and make it into a like Confine it to a feature length, like visual representation. Like it's, right. it, cause in the book, she has different, different, uh, voices in her head to guide right. her through it. It's just, it's so simple the way that they do it. It's, yeah. it's just, it really narrows it down while giving the same effect. Totally. Um, and I really, to kind of go into our thoughts on the movie as a whole, I really liked how it didn't shy away from the more, um, the, the, the bigger moments of the book mm-hmm. um, I'm thinking of two parts in particular that we'll have a we'll have a spoiler review um, after the non spoiler review yeah. but man like the the way like the the way that the story unfolds and the places that it goes it's it honors the source material and honors King's very um, uh, his very visceral um, way of telling telling just really jarring parts of a story mm-hmm. uh it honors it in a way that that makes it really uh acceptable on the on the movie version of it. Mm-hmm. yeah um really just i really respected what he did and also like It's not really a spoiler, but part of the story involves an eclipse, and the cinematography in those scenes were like it was jaw-droppingly beautiful and amazing.
0: And the color palette was Mm -hmm. very, yeah, really vibrant. Very vibrant colors in a movie that's so compartmentalized to to just a couple locations. Surprisingly, surprisingly deep from a from a visual standpoint. You know, it could have just been a a very straightforward. Uh, work of cinematography and, and camera work could have been very minimalist, but they mm-hmm. went with some interesting... Th- there was one part in particular that was, I think, somewhat Hitchcockian to me, um, mm-hmm. which I appreciated quite a bit um, from multiple standpoints. I'll, I'll get into it. I mean, it's not really a spoiler part, but there's there's a moment where... Um, well, I guess it is kind of a spoiler, so I'll hold off sure. until we get to spoilers. But uh, it, it just... It, it, had a very Hitchcockian tone to it, and I was, I was impressed to see that in the movie. I wasn't really expecting it, so mm-hmm. it it was not a, uh, not just a bare bones entry as far as a movie goes. It they they actually added quite a bit of. Uh, there's there's a ton of artistic flair to the movie. I'll put it that way.
1: Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's kind of hard to dance around the the non yeah. dance around the spoilers and everything, but it is. I just, I was really, really into the movie and, and like it even enhanced some of the parts of the book that I thought didn't really weren't, it didn't really resonate that hard or Mm -hmm. that much or they, I felt like it could have done more. Um, like there were some parts of it that, that was, uh, really, really good. And having a, having a character confined to a bed or to an enclosed space, um, um i just i just read a bit of trivia that made me smile but um anyway uh having a character confined to a short space or to a confined space or um captive like that i mean it's stuff that we've seen in movies before like Mm -hmm. um uh, that ryan reynolds movie where he's in the where he's buried alive buried um (laughs) yeah that 127 hours yeah um and this saw to an extent saw to an extent yeah um see um yeah and you know that is such a tricky thing to to convey mm-hmm. um especially with taking a narrative work from from a, a book where you have inner monologue and everything over to um to the movie format and the film medium it's really hard to do totally. um, and they really did a great job and they simplified it in a way that made it made it very accessible and very uh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess we, I mean, we can kind of stop dancing around. We can get to spoilers here in sure. just a second. Um, overall thoughts. Where does this rank with you with other
0: uh, Stephen King adaptations? I feel like um, it's up there. I mean, cause so many of his adaptations have to take so many different directions from the books mm-hmm. because it's just it's either someone's not brave enough to do it or it's, you know, quote-unquote unadaptable or it's just hard to hard to do and so it it ends up being a little dissatisfying uh for that reason but this was so true to the book um and just super it's just a quality adaptation like it was just good i mean it just they didn't they didn't cut corners anywhere Mm -hmm. it wasn't it wasn't cheap the performances were great it had good effects and everything i mean it was just a a great adaptation and it's i mean it's up there it's up Mm -hmm. there with with some of the better stephen king adaptations
1: yeah, absolutely. Definitely. I I definitely agree with that. I mean, this is a movie that I'll I'll watch again. Oh man. Yeah, I'll get to this in spoilers, <laughs> but there's one part where I mean, I scr- it was I watched this last night around midnight mm-hmm. and I screamed. Wow. And I'm pretty sure my neighbors fucking hate me now. <laughs> but it uh yeah, it was just so and it was it honors the book in such a great way. Mm-hmm. Um I really want to see more from Mike Flanagan yeah um more from I, I never saw his movie Hush that got a lot of acclaim mm-hmm. but I would love to see him adapt another Stephen King work
0: yeah hush was a pretty solid flick I yeah I enjoyed it nice and I got some that's also that also has some uh lim- limiting factors to it uh oh, similar yeah. to Gerald's game <laughs> right that I think he did a good job with so nice yeah he's a talented filmmaker
1: sweet uh yeah and uh real quick before we get to spoilers uh performances Carlo yes. Gugino and uh, Bruce Greenwood.
0: Absolutely, um, yeah. First of all, fuck Bruce Greenwood. He's sixty one and looks like he's thirty five. Oh my he's god, fucking sixty. He's, sh- he's sixty one. The dude is shredded. Yeah, I was like, dude. How? I, I as we were watching it, like probably with as I was watching it within like the mm-hmm. first five minutes, I think I went to IMDb to see how old that dude was. <laughs> I was like, how the fuck? He's just. He's got a killer six pack. I yeah. mean, dude looks amazing. Oh yeah. for being sixty one. Not to say Carla Gugino doesn't. She's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I don't yeah. even know how old she is, but, um, yeah, she is. She's 46.
1: She's 46?
0: 46. 46. Nice. Damn near 50. She looks fantastic. Oh, as she well. looks amazing. Yeah, she's beautiful. So, um, yeah, and, and they both did a great job. You mm-hmm. know, I talked, we talked about the, how confined this story is to, to a, a few single locations and, you know, to be literally handcuffed to a bed, that's, mm-hmm that's gotta suck as an actor i mean that's just just fit the physical toll Mm -hmm. that it takes um and then not to mention the struggles that the character goes through she has to you know she gets physically harmed and she's dealing with dehydration and exhaustion and all that stuff and that's just Mm -hmm. super physically tolling on it on a on an actor so um her her ability to act through all that Mm-hmm. uh really really shown through in her performance. Um and you know, she's kind of playing dual timelines as well, and she's playing different aspects of the character, so she's yeah. kind of in some some scenes she's absolutely she's dehydrated and her skin is all mm-hmm. gray and she's she's bruised up from being on a bed and then another time she's dressed up and she's gorgeous. So mm-hmm. um she played that really well. And then Bruce Greenwood also kind of dual Dual aspects of a character at different times mm-hmm. um, did a great job. I Bruce Greenwood is just a gem of an actor. Oh, he's incredible, he's so, and he's got such range. I oh, mean, yeah. he's just he's just a great actor. He's he goes beyond so far beyond just being a character actor. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of his. Um, Me too. He did a great job here. In
1: his freaking voice. I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, halfway through the movie, I just went to, I went to Audible and was like, has he narrated any books? He needs to. Yeah, like, yeah. he's done two, I think one of them is an Ernest Hemingway book. The other one might be another one, but I would love, I would love to just like audible needs to get him on a contract or something. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Carla Gugino was amazing in this movie. The, yes. Like you said, the physical toll and the way that she doesn't necessarily carry the whole movie. Like, I mean, she isn't forced to carry the whole movie cause she does have those interactions with mm-hmm. herself and Bruce Greenwood. But, um, for a movie that relies solely on her being chained to a bed, um, alone in a room, she knocked it out of the park. Totally. Yeah. um, Okay, so, yeah, so we will go ahead and go into spoilers now, and, uh, yeah, uh, we'll go into spoilers. We'll, I'll play a clip from the trailer. If you haven't seen or read Gerald's game, uh, come back later, or if you don't care about spoilers, or if you have seen it and read it, um, go ahead and keep listening. So here's a clip from the trailer. You can pull to your wrist's break, You're not getting out of those are
0: not real. You're not real the baby, don't say a word.
1: Focus, you've been sleepwalking since you were 12 years old. That's a beautiful dress. Yeah.
0: He put you in those handcuffs way before Gerald did.
1: Y'all right, y'all, right Mel? You
0: everything you need to survive from the beginning. You just have to remember. Back off! Oh.
1: <gasps> if you don't wake up, you're gonna die. Okay. And we are spoilers on for Gerald's game. And,
0: uh, yeah. So here we go. Um, I was disappointed that she was wearing the slip and not topless like in the book.
1: Oh, really? Perv. Totally,
0: totally kidding. Um, totally kidding. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, you know, it's interesting. I mean, I, I mean, I don't want to say they can't do that, but because it's Netflix, but right. it's interesting that they, that they made that choice. I It didn't bother me at all. It didn't oh, add yeah. anything. but yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, I think it would have been distracting, honestly, right, to just have yeah. yeah, topless the whole freaking movie.
1: <laughs> right. Um, um, but, man, can we talk about the scene where I
0: screamed? Yes, which, I'm curious.
1: The way that it's described in the book is that her skin was peeling like a glove. Yes. In the, oh, the visual represent, like, that is... yeah. Oh my god, that was so well done. It was. Ah, oh, like, and they did not shy away from it. They and didn't. I, I respect yeah. the hell out of the movie for that. Absolutely. But also fuck that movie because that <laughs> was really hard to watch. Um, it's funny because Tony Troxel, who's been on the podcast before, um, he had talked about how he was, uh, he was uncomfortable reading the beginning of the drawing of the three because what happens at the beginning of the drawing of the three is is stuff that he doesn't like reading because he always he has a hard to, or he has a hard time separating his emotional connection with with what's going on. So when someone's maimed or anything, it's hard for him to to to, to compensate with that or to or to 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 reconcile that in his brain. Okay, I just imagine him watching this movie and freaking out. Yeah, no kidding. Because oh uh-huh mm, but, yeah
0: I, I made an audible sound i think i was just like oh i yeah. think i did one of those but i wasn't like freaking out or anything but yeah you could like really? feel it with the, the the visuals combined with the sound yeah the sound gets you to that too. you yeah. can see like the tendons and yeah oh,
1: oh. yep so oh
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah i was very thankful that i have both hands <laughs> um yeah but yeah that was that was really that was really intense and uh just was really well done mm-hmm. um the other thing is that i i appreciate that the movie did not sugarcoat or remained true to the book with with the uh the molestation yes subplot like because that's one of the things that i wasn't expecting in the book and i i loved, uh, uh i didn't love it but um I was really interested in it as a piece of character development because it really brought together the character of Jesse Burlingame in that she's this person that's, as it said in the movie, she's, she had the handcuffs on her from the moment she was 12. Right. And this, the whole, the whole story is about her dealing with her father and then dealing with, with, uh, Gerald. And then I love, I love, like in the book, I loved that the culmination of it was her confronting um, oh Jubair, the the killer. Yeah, at the end, like I I loved that because that was her because her father and and Gerald are both dead. So this is her confronting her abuse, like the basically transplanting the abuse onto the onto the, uh, the killer that she escaped from. Mm -hmm. And I, I love that. And I thought that it was done really well in the, in the movie. Totally. Um, but what did you think of the whole eclipse and, and the father
0: molestation thing? Um, it's, I agree. I think it was, uh, it was well done in the movie and they didn't, it wasn't gratuitous or grotesque, Mm -hmm. but you knew what was going on. I mean, it was, you know, they, like you said, they didn't shy away from it. Right. Um, and, You know, I think in the in the book, the the metaphor—I don't know if it's a metaphor—but the juxtaposition of the molestation during an actual, a literal eclipse Mm -hmm. um, is is a it's it's much much more potent metaphor or visual uh, exercise when you're watching a movie like because it oh, like in the book it didn't register with me as well mm-hmm. um but seeing it in the movie i was like that's a really you know your literal darkness is literally taking over your happiness right. it's like the darkness is literally taking over the sunshine and mm-hmm. later in the movie she says we need to let the sun out you know mm-hmm. internally anyways um or yeah. it's time for some sunshine or something like mm-hmm. that and i was like that's you know it's it's a very on the nose metaphor. Right. It's maybe not the most creative thing, but it's mm-hmm. again just the way that it's visually represented in the movie. Mm-hmm. I think was uh, was just it was just satisfying. Oh, absolutely! I, I just appreciated that.
1: And like the kind of trade off of that, I don't remember in the book if it if it's as as uh, as strict a metaphor as that. Like as yeah, the sun's been hiding this whole time, or she's been sun's yes. been blocked her whole life but i remember in the book it being more more that the that it happened during the totality of the eclipse and that like every time we flash back to it it's during the eclipse and it's not until it's it doesn't end until the eclipse ends and i like the trade-off of that because like you said it's it's very it first of all it's visually stunning like the eclipse those are freaking beautiful shots really well done um and I like the I like the metaphor of of her coming out from from the totality of the eclipse and the total or the memory of her in captivity of her abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, and man, that uh, that that scene in the bedroom, like in the book. Yes. Yes in in the book, and I mentioned this in the review. In the book, when she says that what he did during the eclipse is isn't uh, like it's
0: not as bad as what he did in the bedroom yeah
1: it's not as bad as what he did in the bedroom and like there are like 20 or 30 pages or however many pages separating like that in the book and i'm like thinking like what the what what could he possibly done Like oh my god yeah in like what actually happens and what happens in the movie is that he manipulates her into carrying this for the rest of her life and everything and i'm like like in the book you like you just i i like i was I hated him so much yeah. and it was done really well in the movie. Like that carried yeah. over really well.
0: I'm really glad you brought that up because I, mm-hmm. I agree with you a hundred percent, but I think, mm-hmm. but per, I had a different reaction to it because in the book, mm-hmm. I, I didn't pick up on it as much. Like I understood that he was manipulating her and it was terrible. And it was, it, it you know, you could totally consider it to be worse than what he did to her. Mhm on the swing or on this on the you know during the eclipse right you can totally make that argument but i think in the movie mm-hmm. it it hit home a little harder for me mm-hmm. and like f- pretty much full credit goes to henry thomas yeah because his body language during that it's like you can see the manipulation. Yes. As, as a full grown adult, you're like, "Oh my fucking god, what?" Right. But as a twelve year old, she doesn't get it. Right. She doesn't. She doesn't understand that he's manipulating her. Mm-hmm. Right. And even just,
1: starts on the swing when he's like, "Oh no, that's stupid. It's
0: stupid." And yes. Kind of leading her to it. Yes.
1: And it's just knowing what's to come. I was just like, oh, just it, right. Uh, it was
0: so just unsettling. Gross. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, in in that scene where they're sitting on the bed in the bedroom, and he's just like kind of looking over, like, sh- should we tell, though? And just mm-hmm. like, man, it's, just, it's evil. It's just evil. Oh, yeah. And I, yeah, I, I, that, that moment in the bedroom meant a lot more or uh, was a lot more potent mm-hmm. to, for me personally in the movie than it was in the book. Sure. I'm not, I, I, not going to say that it was better than the book because, honestly, I, I can't make that distinction. But right, f- for me personally, it, it hit home a little harder in the movie. Mm-hmm seeing his his body language and the way he the way he structured his words in the movie i was just like that fucker man i was was like mad and like Mm -hmm. and just disgusted and yeah he mad props (laughs) to henry thomas for that performance that was that was good yeah so i think it that i think that right there speaks to how good the adaptation is yeah, absolutely you know.
1: that and what uh, I noticed was kind of funny when I looked it up. I, if I'm not mistaken, he played Elliot in oh, ET, yeah. which yeah. I thought was that was pretty interesting. Right. I haven't seen ET since I was probably probably twelve. Fucking
0: terrifying movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, Jesus. <laughs> um, yeah, and he. I mean, he was in like Gangs of New York too. Right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, he's best known for Elliot. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, his body language in that scene, and I love the culmination of that when when she escapes and she's confronting that memory um Mm -hmm. how she mentions that oh what does he say to her he says um he says he can't like he he says like he says that he's he did something bad or he did something despicable or something Mm -hmm. and like she makes the distinction that he turned away when he said that because when she he could lie to her face but when he says the truth he can't look her in the eye. Yeah. And it's just like that is such a powerful moment in that scene. Totally. And uh oh man, just I I I really respect that they cuz you know, Stephen King's adaptations, they have such a long track record of filmmakers either completely missing the point or watering down the story or what have you. Um, there's such a long track record of that, which we'll eventually get to that. I'm sure. Yeah, obviously. Um, but I just love it when a story takes the essence of when a, when a filmmaker takes the essence of the story, gets the source material and just puts their own spin on it in a way that still honors the original source material. I just, I respect the hell out of that. Absolutely. Um, Me too. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: I think it's um, yeah. just a something I noticed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kate Siegel is an actress in the in the uh, the movie. She plays um, Jesse's mother in the flashbacks. Okay. She's uh, Kate Siegel is married to Mike Flanagan. Oh, okay. She, yeah, and she was a star. She was the female lead in Hush and everything. Oh, I see. It's really I. It really jumped out to me, and I don't mm-hmm. know how this could be intentional. Um it really jumped out to me how much she looks like Carla Gugino.
1: Yeah. Like, I was Oh like, yeah. they
0: looked a lot of like the, her mother and then adult Carla Gugino look a lot alike. And mm-hmm. I was like, Holy crap. That's like, that's just good casting. I, don't <laughs> oh, know. Yeah. I was just like, Holy crap. How'd that even happen? You know? Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I, I just, that just jumped out at me for whatever reason.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I, I had kind of picked up on that a little bit too.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, At least now that you say that it's just definitely, uh, kind of screaming back to me. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and uh, let's see. Anything else? To, so the the kind of inner monologue or the yes the depictions of
0: like it's Gerald like, and it's her. like dueling consciousness, consciousnesses. Yeah, is oh yeah, words. Um, yeah, and it, you know it's. I think. I think a lot of people will kind of miss people who watch the movie will kind of miss the fact they'll, they'll, they'll interpret it as like an angel and a devil on the shoulder, mm-hmm. you know, kind of, kind of scenario, but it's really not. It's more of like, yeah. it's more of like self doubt and like insecurity manifested mm-hmm. in Bruce Greenwood and his, his, uh you know, Gerald as like, no, this isn't going to work. You're a failure. Just, just go to sleep and die. Mm-hmm. And then, the kind of you know the the strong the strong side of her conscious that wants to fight Mm -hmm. it's almost like fight or flight you know yeah oh yeah manifests itself in these two almost apparitions if you will um i thought that was interesting and you know in the the book it's different you kind of she has like part of her strength multiple yeah Yeah. like her strength kind of manifests itself as like a friend of hers who was like a a strong feminist in her Mm -hmm. past and then her her, you know, subtle side or her, mm. you know, um, her uh, her kind of um, insecurities. Uh,
1: yeah, she's like the the goody wife, the good wife, yeah. right?
0: Kind of, it's this good wife character who tells mm. her, like, oh, don't do that. What will people say? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's that works great in the book. And I'm not saying <laughs> yeah. you know that they needed to do that for the movie or what. I just think it was. I, I think they transferred those ideas very well onto the, mm-hmm. those two other manifestations streamlined it really yeah, well definitely
1: yeah and also gave us a chance to see more bruce greenwood yes absolutely <laughs> Which yeah is great.
0: i was thinking that when i was watching the trailer i was like man is he just gonna be in the first 10 minutes i was wondering that that'd, too. Be, uh, that'd be wasting some bruce greenwood yeah oh yeah. yeah um the dog man yeah dogs did a great job oh yeah he did
1: a great <laughs> job uh first of all and i'll save the other one for later obviously well no 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 let I'll I'll talk about that later. We'll we'll end the sh- end the in the review with that. But anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, the dog. So in the book, one of my kind of not necessarily gripes, but one of my things that I was kind of um iffy about with the with the book was that I felt like there was a lot of build up to you know the dog eating Gerald, mm-hmm. and like I was I was like primed to just be just really grossed out by it and, and yeah. all that. And I kind of felt like in the book, it didn't really... I mean, he takes a couple bites out of him and it doesn't really do much else. Right. Um, but the movie, like, it's a constant thing that he's he's there and he's yeah. eating, like taking pieces of him. And it's so, so gross and, totally. and
0: fascinating. I think they missed the mark on that as smidgen because mm-hmm. uh, in the beginning of the movie, she gives the dog some steak. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that that kind of spoils the fact that the dog, you know, like five hours later, the dog comes in there to eat. Yeah. Him. Like the dog is supposed to be absolutely starving and mm-hmm. like, you know, willing to do anything to survive and get some food. Mm-hmm. So it, it, you know, degrades itself to eating this person. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's like a reluctant thing. Like, Hey, I don't want to do this, but mm-hmm. I have to, or I'm going to die. Yeah. There's a part
1: but, in the book that talks about how Prince, the dog, yeah, little Prince and little Prince, how, uh, how, I, I i think it was her perspective that she's she could see him or uh, see him uh fighting fighting through the domestication yes to to get to the point where she where he right, uh, he right. and yeah and I, I do feel like that that was a little uh lost in translation yeah. uh for the adaptation it's, it's but a minor it's not yeah, a big deal I, at all yeah it didn't really need it now that you say that that they need that he needed the meat or that he already she already gave him the meat yeah i it would have been so simple to just have them just get the meat back and like have them not fed, and that could be yeah. like, the reason why. Like, I don't know why they made that choice. Yeah, I don't know. It either. almost, yeah, it almost made Gerald seem more likable, mm-hmm. which I don't know. Kind of weird. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Um, but yeah, I really wanted to try that meat though. <laughs> yeah, the Kobe um, beef. Bruce Greenwood's. Oh no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, the Kobe beef. Yeah.
0: Oh, you wanted to no. bite Bruce Greenwood?
1: Yeah, his arm. Oh, okay. Um, no, not really. It's not, not
0: weird at all. No, no. I get the fuck out of here.
1: Anyway, um, no, you're fine. You're just you're just marinating here. <laughs> um, anyway, um, so yeah, so the dog part that was good. So, what did you think of the Moonlight Man?
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to come to next. Yeah. Um, I played by uh, Carol Striking, mm-hmm. um, a Danish, no, uh, Dutch, no. <laughs> Dutch, yeah, Dutch guy okay. <laughs> um, He's a, a giant, he's over 7 feet tall Oh, nice Yeah, and so I've seen him in other stuff before And I was like, oh, that guy huh. um, Yeah, he's an, an interesting guy I was kind of looking at his IMDb He's mm. He's an interesting dude, he's almost 70 years old Oh, um, wow, really? Yeah Holy crap! Um, he was scary in this movie. Oh, he was terrifying, especially his first appearance, mm-hmm. where he's just chilling in the corner. That that was that was scary. Oh yeah, I'm glad I didn't watch this at night. Like I watched it this afternoon. When it was yeah. light out and everything. <laughs> um, yeah, that was genuinely scary. Mm. Um, and I thought it was he just he was a good representation of mm-hmm. that character. I think he did a great job, and you know, oh, absolutely didn't have to say a lot. But uh, right. Um, if you look at his IMDb, it's funny. He's like, cause I, he's like, I basically just play a bunch of monsters that don't ever say anything. <laughs> uh, it's kind of funny, um, and so that's a bit of a token for him. But um, yeah, I mean, he was great. I thought he was scary. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have a great visual image of what the Moonlight Man looked like mm-hmm. uh, when I was reading the book. So to see him in the movie was that was that was potent i mean it jumped out i thought that was well done and Mm -hmm. he was uh, he was scary
1: nice and and i agree i i did have kind of a i had an idea in my head like i had a visual visualization in my head of of what he what he looked like based on king's uh description and everything and i was fully prepared um and expecting the movie to just totally skimp on that and just have him be this just this mysterious figure and not like not like Deformed and, and strange looking. Mm-hmm. Um, I was so prepared for that, and I I'm very surprised and pleased that they didn't skimp on that. Like, yes, it like everything else that I've said about this. This movie honors the source material really well, mm-hmm. and uh, and that is something that one of my issues with the book actually was that the whole jabert thing kind of comes out of nowhere it's like she right. escapes and it's like oh oh there's this guy and everything and mm-hmm. it comes together well at the end but i kind of wish that there was something a little bit more a uh, more of a through line throughout
0: it yes I, get, I know what you mean
1: yeah but in the movie it, i mean it worked really well and yeah. uh we have that little piece of radio announcement beforehand that's kind of cliche and cheesy yeah a little bit but it's it's acceptable. I I give it a pass for that. Right.
0: Yeah. I think they could have with, uh, Jubeira, they could have gone, they could have gone way too far and been over the top Mm -hmm. or they could have been, like you said, just way too subtle and just kept him in the shadows and Mm -hmm. un unassuming or not very memorable. Yeah. But they, they found a good balance there. Totally. You know, I was worried it was going to be over the top. Yeah. But, uh,
1: and I like the ending where she, she, uh, I think that it, it, her encounter with him in the courtroom, Is actually an improvement over the book because Mm. in the book she spits at him. Right. And I thought that's, that's a good, that's a good moment for her. That's her culmination of her, you know, she's putting her demons aside and, and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, she's doing that. But I like that it has that, um, that, uh, it calls back to the earlier scene where she just says, like, you're not as big as you, uh, big as I thought you were or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it goes back to her at the cabin with, with her family in the flashback i thought that that was a nice nice way to tie that together and totally a way that was a a little cleaner than the book
0: absolutely yeah yeah
1: um let's see anything else that we should talk about because i want to talk about some stephen king references okay i'll do that after the after the review
0: yeah i don't really there's nothing else that i think really needs to be brought up
1: okay cool well Gerald's game is on the Netflixes, and uh, I mean I don't want to speak for you, Tiny, but I recommend the book. It's a it's a good read.
0: I recommend both. Yep, book and the movie. Same, înt- Same- very good.
1: Oh yeah. Um, so yeah. So let's kind of wind down and talk about. I picked up on three Stephen King references. Three,
0: okay. I remember two. Really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah.
1: Uh, the first... Oh, yeah. I'm sure I know the second one that, that you didn't get. But the first one was obviously Cujo. Yeah. I thought that was... I was like, that's that's cool. Yeah, that was good. Um, the second one... I'll save the big one for... for the big one for us. Right. At the end. But um, the second one was... Have you ever seen or read Dolores Claiborne? No. Okay. Me neither. Okay. But having seen this movie, I really want to. Okay. And having read... Gerald's Game, I really want to as well because something – my understanding of Dolores Claiborne is that it takes place during the eclipse oh, okay. in this book. So they are – they have – they're tied together in that way. Huh. And I don't know much about Dolores Claiborne. I just know that Kathy, B- Kathy Bates played her in the movie mm-hmm. and that it's something about a woman that wants to murder someone. Okay. Um, But the description in Gerald's Game, the movie – um. Where she, where Jesse is talking about how she had a dream where she was in a well and a woman was over her. I think that is that is that's Dolores Claiborne. Okay, yeah. Um, So that made me really eager to read Dolores Claiborne. Okay, yeah. Um, So those were two of them. I think that's the one I didn't pick up on. Okay, I figured. Yeah. Um. So the other one is uh bruce greenwood says all things serve the beam
0: he sure did i was so happy i know yeah and they didn't like dwell on it or anything yeah it was yeah and i don't know why the fuck he said it like why would he say that
1: (laughs) (laughs) and like i imagine like people who don't know the dark tower would be like that's a weird thing to say yeah exactly (laughs) it's like because it has no connection whatsoever none but i had like i had a big smile on my face yeah I, I had seen, like, a headline somewhere where someone was like, did you catch the Dark Tower reference in, in right. Gerald's game? And I was, like, like looking at that, I was, like, while watching the movie, I was like, I hope I don't miss it. <laughs> I was thinking it was going to be, like, something like, I don't know, so, just something, like, a little throwaway thing, which yeah. it was kind of a throwaway thing. Right. But it's, like, I mean, that's, like... That's a deep cut, Dark totally. Tower reference. Totally. Um, really, really appreciated that. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and if the Dark Tower ever gets adapted, yeah, um, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's yeah. Still, still raw. Tears. Um Yeah. So yeah, I really, I really like that. Absolutely. Yep. Um, so yeah, I don't think there were any other Stephen King references that I could pick up on. Yeah,
0: not that I picked up
1: on. Yeah, if you know of any, uh, you know, write into us at. Uh, Ugh, I never say the email address. <laughs> like, I need to, I need to update that. You can email us at, uh, either matt at com or tiny at com, mm-hmm. Or, of course, go to facebook.com slash tower junkies pod, uh, instagram.com slash tower junkies pod, Twitter at tower junkies pod. Cool. So, yeah. So that does it for this episode of tower junkies. Um, uh, yeah, so I have a schedule for what we're going to do next. I think next week, since Tiny is getting married, uh, we are going to have an episode where... uh <sighs> Oh yeah! Oh my God! Yeah, next week is a good ep- like next week's a good episode. Don't have to slum up with Tiny. <laughs> no, uh, next week is very exciting because we're going to have the cast and crew of the Man Who Loved Flowers, uh, a one of Stephen King's Dollar Babies that was filmed here in Indianapolis in in Green uh, Greenfield, Indiana, um we're going to have the director. I'm going to interview him and I'm going to have a bunch of different interviews with the cast and crew. Um, so have that, that'll be out next week. And then the week after we should have, uh, me and Tony, Tony Troxel talking about, uh, the gunslinger. So we'll get back into some dark tower talk. Nice. Uh, yeah. And, you know, obviously uh contact us if you want to you want to talk to us about anything Stephen King or Dark Tower related. Um also if you have found one of my business cards in Indianapolis, let me know so I know that I'm not wasting them just sticking them in books. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah, cuz I I would be very interested to know if you listened to it because of that. Yeah. Um anyway, um or text me cuz you know, I have my phone number on
0: it. <laughs>
1: anyway, um yeah, I think that'll do it. That'll right? do it. Yeah. Alright, well, uh long days and pleasant nights.
0: And maybe have twice the number.
1: Thank you for listening to Tower Junkies, a dark tower podcast presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. You can find more of our episodes at TowerJunkiesPod.com, dot com, and you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or anywhere else podcasts are found. If you'd like to donate to the podcast, you can find ways to do that at TowerJunkiespod.com slash donate or become a patron for Obsessive Viewer at patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer for recurring donations with different reward tiers. Every donation goes toward paying the fees to keep the podcast running and is greatly appreciated. Any and all feedback on the podcast is encouraged. You can contact us by emailing us at matt at or by tweeting us at Tower Pod or at obsessiveviewer and at Obsessive Tiny. You can also like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash pod. For more podcast content from ObsessiveViewer.com, check out Anthology, my solo side project podcast where I'm reviewing The Twilight Zone as a first-time viewer and exploring other classic and contemporary science fiction anthology television shows. You can find Anthology at AnthologyPod.com and anywhere podcasts are found. Finally, if you're philosophically curious, check out Tiny's side project podcast, The Secular Perspective, which explores the concepts of faith, religion, and existence from the perspective of secular hosts Chad and Amanda. You can find that at thesecularperspective.com and subscribe to the podcast on the app of your choice. Once again, thank you for listening to Tower Junkies, and we'll see you next time.